Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rob Scheinberg, Rabbi of United Synagogue of Hoboken, New Jersey. And today we are studying Psachim Lamed Hay, Psachim page 35 A and B. It's been my pleasure to be learning with you this week, and we're concluding the week with another page that includes the root of some of the fundamental practices for observance of the dietary laws for Pesach. Because it is on this page that we address what ingredients matzah can be made out of, which means we will also address what substances chametz can be made of and what substances chametz cannot be made of. The Mishnah on this page tells us, These are the substances with which a person fulfills the obligation of eating matzah on Pesach. And there are five grains that are listed. With wheat and barley and spelt and rye and oats. And the Mishnah continues to describe the required ritual status of these materials, whether the produce from which the matzah has been made was tithed or untithed or possibly tithed, etc. Important issues, but not for this podcast. So we're going to skip now to the Gemara. And the Gemara starts by explaining these various grains. Wheat and barley are, of course, very well known and were staples of ancient Israel. In fact, they're listed in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, as among the seven types of produce for which the land of Israel is especially known. But the other grains that are listed are more obscure, so they get explained. The Gemara begins, Tana kusamin minchitin. A Brita tells us that spelt is a kind of wheat. And in fact, this is how spelt is classified today as an ancient form of wheat. Shibola chual vishifon means sorin. And oats and rye are varieties of barley. Though, as far as I can tell, that that's not how people are most likely to classify oats and rye uh, today. Then, after a few more clarifying comments, we get a general statement about baking matzah that has tremendous implications on the ways that Jews keep kosher for Pesach today. Hani, in, ores v'duchan, lo. These five grains, yes, matzah can be made out of them, but rice and millet, no. Rice and millet and various other substances, no, matzah can't be made from them. Menahani mile, from where do we know this? Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, v'chein tana debei Rabbi Yishmael, v'chein tana debei Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Amar kara, lo t'chal alav chametz, shivat yamim t'chal alav matzot. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish said, and the school of Rabbi Yishmael said, and the school of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov said, there's a verse in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 16, that mentions chametz and matzah in the same verse in quick succession. Lo matzot. On it, on the days of Pesach, you shall not eat chametz. For seven days, you shall eat matzah. Dvarim habayim chimutz, adam Those substances that can become chametz, those substances that can become leavened, 
those are the very same substances with which one can fulfill one's obligation for matzah. And that excludes those substances like rice and millet, because when mixed with water, they don't actually become chametz or leaven. What might look like the process of leavening, that's simply a process of, of spoilage. So therefore, there's no such thing as matzah made out of rice flour, and rice can never become chametz. Before we go on, let's discuss some implications of what we've read so far. Only those substances that can be made into chametz can be used to fulfill one's obligation to consume matzah on Pesach. To make chametz, you take the flour of one of these five kinds of grain, wheat, barley, spelt, rye, or oats, and you mix it with water and you allow it to stand for 18 minutes or more. Well, to make matzah, you take the flour of one of these five kinds of grain, wheat, barley, spelt, rye, or oats, and you mix it with water and you allow it to stand for less than 18 minutes. Or in other words, there's a very thin line, even a dangerously thin line, between matzah, which is absolutely required on Pesach, and chametz, which is absolutely and categorically forbidden on Pesach. Matzah, therefore, is a substance that came dangerously close to becoming chametz, but did not quite become chametz. There's a popular interpretation, for which I've been searching for the original source, but I've not found the original source. An interpretation that notes that the word matzah is spelled mem tzadi he. The word chametz is spelled chet tzadi mem. So the two words have the letters mem and tzadi in common. And these two words differ in that the word chametz has a chet in it, and the word matzah has a he in it. So well, what's the difference between a chet and a he? Almost nothing at all. If you look at these two letters, the shape's much, much the same. But the hay has a foot which is not fully attached to the rest of the letter, while on the chet, the foot is fully attached to the rest of the letter. And it's only one tiny drop of ink that separates the word chametz from the word matzah. Just as it's only one tiny moment that would separate the required matzah from the forbidden chametz. And so often in our lives, the best, the most courageous thing for us to do at every moment may not be that distant from the biggest possible mistake we could make. The one who has a pathological fear of inadvertently making chametz will never even attempt to make matzah because such a person will never develop the courage to make matzah. But conversely, the one who is careless in the process of making matzah may end up inadvertently making chametz. That which is absolutely required and that which is categorically forbidden are a lot closer together than we might wish. For me, this teaching is a reminder of the importance of courage and the importance of risk-taking as one of the ways that we can emulate the Israelites as they were leaving Egypt at the moment that they left, knowing they were following God's command, but perhaps not knowing whether they were making the biggest mistake of their lives or taking the most important steps they could possibly take towards freedom. But now back to the Gemara. If you're fairly knowledgeable about the system of kashrut for Pesach, you are probably familiar with the category of foods called kitniot, including rice and millet, as well as corn and beans and other legumes. By and large, Sephardic Jews do eat these things on Pesach, whereas Ashkenazic Jews traditionally do not. Well, that debate actually gets started on this page of the Talmud, 35 Amud Aleph, page uh, 35a. Because there was one rabbi, only one rabbi, who did think that rice 
under the right circumstances, or maybe I should say under the wrong circumstances, could become chametz. Matnitin delo karabi Yochanan ben Nuri. This Mishnah is apparently not in accordance with the teachings of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Demar orez min daganhu because Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri said that rice does count as a type of grain, and one is liable for the prohibition of chametz with leavened rice, which presumes that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri believed that there is such a thing as leavened rice. The Tanya Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Because we learn in a Brita that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri forbade rice and millet on Pesach because they are close to leavening. Then the Gemara tries to parse Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri's statement. When he said that they are karov lahachmitz, that they're close to leavening, what does that mean? Does that mean they undergo a process that is similar to leavening but not exactly the same as leavening? Or did he mean that they're close to leavening in the sense that they would leaven very quickly? Well, the halakha is not in accordance with Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. And there is therefore a consensus that rice and other kidneyot cannot become chametz, and thus matzah cannot be made from them. Later, in medieval Ashkenaz, a tradition developed not to eat rice and other kidneyot, perhaps out of a fear that they would get mixed up with the flour of the five grains mentioned above. Inadvertently, one would use actual chametz grains instead of the grains of these kidneyot. Well, this is a matter of some controversy in the Jewish world today, especially in Israel, where the ingathering of Jews from around the world have caused some to question whether it is appropriate to maintain these formerly regional customs now that the plurality of Jews around the world live in Israel. But whether Jews eat kidneyot or not, there's a consensus among the entire Jewish spectrum that we do not follow Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Those Jews who don't eat kidneyot maintain a distinction between kidneyot and actual chametz. Actual chametz is what is forbidden on Pesach, and kidneyot are merely traditionally not eaten by those who traditionally don't eat them. And these are among the ways that the words of Sachim, Daf Lamed Hay, page 35, continue to resound in the Jewish world today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.